Hello there. This is the Crunchy Christian Podcast, a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network. I am a master herbalist, aromatherapist, author, speaker, blogger, and veteran homeschooling mama of four. You can learn more about how I can equip you to pursue God's best naturally at my website, julienaturally.com. And now, today's show. Hey, it's Julie, and welcome to Crunchy Christian Podcast, where we talk about all things green and growing that God gave us. Today, we are going to continue with our holiday plant series and talk about peppermint. And I just love peppermint. Uh, It's one of the few that doesn't have a lot of mythology around it or anything. In fact, it really is a much more modern phenomenon and comes out of what a candy maker did uh, not very long ago. So it's it's really kind of a more recent tradition. So let's get into peppermint. So the Latin name for peppermint is mentha piperita. And it is a plant that it's about three feet tall and it has serrated leaves. Uh, I know that's not all that descriptive, but the most prominent thing about peppermint and any of the mints actually is the smell so you'll know it because of course it smells like mint Um, that's because of the menthol that it releases into the air as uh, its essential oil which is a big part of its action in the body we'll get to that a little bit later but the piperita is a it's a natural hybrid of mentha aquatica, which is a water mint, and mentha spicata, which is spearmint. And that's why it has kind of a spearminty, little bit of a minty smell that way. Um, it was used as a flavoring in sauces and wines by the ancient Greeks and Romans. And it was also found in the tombs of the ancient Egyptians. So we know that it was used by ancient peoples. And the Egyptians and the, and the Romans and Greeks, they did use it for more than just sauces and wines and stuff. Uh, the Egyptians would use it for indigestion. And they also valued it as a form of currency. And in fact, in the Bible, um, Jesus talks to the Pharisees about their tithing of mint and other herbs. So that they, they valued peppermint very much. Uh, the Greeks and Romans, in addition to their wines and things, what they also used it for indigestion and stomach-type related issues. So, um, by the Middle Ages, the early Middle Ages, we also find it in the Icelandic pharmacopoeia, and that... It was used by monks as a tooth polisher. So it was used in uh, mouth ailments uh, by that time. 
And then as time went on, um, cheesemakers also saw that if they had peppermint plants around, it would help to chase away the rats. So the smell was a deterrent for them. Um, in the 1700s, by that time, peppermint use had had been uh, for quite some time, and they discovered some other uses for it. And so it wasn't just culinary, it wasn't just chewing it and using it in your mouth, but they also used it for other stomach ailments such as nausea and vomiting and morning sickness with pregnant women, of course, and for respiratory and menstrual issues. And we'll talk a little bit more about what modern science has found with these historic um, uses. Um, recently, in more modern times, the British Herbal Pharmacopeia has also listed it as a remedy for intestinal colic, gas, um, and some of the same things that the ancients would use it for. So they, the cultivation of peppermint uh, began in Europe, and then as European settlers came over to North America, they brought some peppermint with them, but there were already some varieties of mint growing in North America. So the Native Americans are already, they're already familiar with mint. So it wasn't a whole new thing for them. Uh, but even though mint came over to the Americas from Europe, and particularly North America from Europe, you'd think that Europe would be the big producer of peppermint. But actually, the United States produces 75% of the world's supply of peppermint. And most of that, of that 75%, most of that comes from Michigan. <laughs> so um, kind of an interesting turn there. So let's, let's find out how, how did this, this plant from so long ago and that's been used for such a long period of time, how did it come to be associated with candies and candy making? I mentioned that it it has it has long been used to flavor foods and sauces and wines and you know and um, people have known about its cooling effects and its its refreshing flavor for a long time. So you know they they would naturally probably experiment with that with making sweets. So the traditional legend is that a German church choir master in the late 1600s uh, gave candies to his to the children in the shape of a shepherd's staff gave these candies it didn't it doesn't say they were necessarily peppermints yet but they were in that shepherd's staff shape he gave them to the kids to help keep them quiet um, and they would just be plain white so just these white sticks that they had shaped into shepherd's staffs. Um, but, you know, that we don't know how true that is. And the peppermint flavor wasn't added, we don't think, until much later. But um, that's just sort of the beginnings of the idea of the Christmas candy cane. 
but it's a legend and we don't really know how true it is. Um, it's just been kind of passed down. And because candies were made by hand, the story, the, the tradition wouldn't have gone very far necessarily um, outside of the village. And it wouldn't have been made in bulk like it is today, of course. So the truth of that story, well, we don't really know. But what we do know is that a man named Bob McCormick, who was a candy maker in Georgia, and that's uh Georgia, the state of Georgia in the United States, not the country of Georgia. Uh, he made handmade uh, peppermint stick candies. Uh, and he would just make them as a special treat at Christmas time for his friends and family. You know, and they were made by hand, of course. As I said, all the candy was made by hand. So um, it was a little bit labor intensive to make, and but he he made these these peppermint flavored sticks for them. But around the 1950s, so this wasn't too long before that, but in the 1950s, he he had a Catholic priest brother-in-law whose name was Gregory Harding Keller, who. Um, who basically invented a machine that would help him make these candy canes in bulk. So they were sticks at that time, really, though. They, so they were able to automate this process. And that launched the peppermint stick candies into a nationwide phenomenon. Because then, of course, they were able to produce them in bulk and ship them all over the country. And his candy business just grew by leaps and bounds. And he was in business for a long time until he sold his business to the Ferrara Pan Candy Company, which, <laughs> interestingly enough, is only about two miles from my house, which is... <laughs> I find that really um, remarkable that uh, how that just all kind of came together. Um, just sort of a serendipitous story there. Um, there's a lot of stories about why the candy cane is striped. Some people say that they added the red stripes to symbolize um, Christ's sufferings. Um, but that we don't know if that's true or not. There's no uh, real record of that story but maybe it was just added just because red is more red and white is more festive and more eye-catching and you know people want to sell candy canes and um and this the holiday colors are red green and white so it that may it may just be that simple as just to make them more colorful and uh, festive. So today though, uh, Georgia is not the number one state for making candy canes. Today, Bryan, Ohio is the candy cane capital of the world and 90% of all candy canes are consumed by Americans. So it does make sense that uh, the candy cane capital then would be in the United States if they are the greatest consumer of them. So 
that's how they came to be a big part of the Christmas celebration. It's just a, a, a candy maker who wanted to make some nice treats for his family, and it just took off like a lot of things do. So candy canes, though, with the treat, sometimes it they not only can help kids to kind of stay quiet, but, you know, with the sugar, of course, maybe they don't really stay quiet. But the peppermint is also uh, really good for the after, after Christmas dinner tummy ache that we might get. So, you know, sucking in the candy cane after, after you eat that big meal and have the delicious desserts and candies might just be the thing because um, that is one of the benefits of peppermint. Just as the ancients and uh, middle-aged, mid- middle-aged people, the Middle Ages, had said, So uh, the whole plant is used, uh, the leaves and stems and the flowers, not so much the roots, but um, but leaves and stems and flowers, so everything above ground, is used to make teas and to extract the essential oils. And of course, when you're using the tea, it is the essential oils and the leaves and that that are extracted into the water. Um, Now... The active constituents are the menthol, menthone, menthol acetate. And it's the menthol acetate that is responsible for the minty aroma and the flavor. The menthol is the part that provides the cooling sensation and uh, has more of the medicinal qualities. It also contains some important vitamins and minerals. It contains vitamins A and C, magnesium, potassium, niacin, copper, iodine, silicon, iron, sulfur, and something called inositol, which I won't get into right now. Um, But... uh, we, we've talked a lot about the benefits to the digestive system, which have been shown over and over again throughout history to be a big benefit of peppermint. But a recent study, 1996 German study, showed that it also relieves headaches. And that makes sense given uh, what we know about the active constituents and um, its cooling properties. It, uh, it, a 10% solution of peppermint essential oil was shown in this study to be just as effective as 1,000 milligrams of acetaminophen. Um, the German Commission E, if you're familiar with that, that is the official uh, organization, official publication that tells how natural remedies can be used in Germany because it is they are used pretty much more widely in Europe than here and more accepted as part of the, the mainstream medicine. So they have uh, some protocols and things that they outline in, in the 
German Commission E monographs. So the Ger German Commission E has approved peppermint essential oil for the temporary relief of nasal and sinus congestion as well. So peppermint has a lot of other uses too. These are not even, not even the only uses. So um, it has antispasmodic qualities, antiviral qualities. It has a lot of benefits that you might begin to think that it's just about good for everything. <laughs> um, but, you know, it, that's not exactly true, of course, but it, it can help with a lot of different ailments. Um, one thing that is important to note, though, is that this is this is true for all plants, but the, you can see it very much with peppermint, is that it really matters where it's grown and what, not only where in the world it's grown, but the, um, the, the quality of the soil, the amount of rainfall, all those kinds of things affect the amount of active medicinal uh, qualities that the plant has. So the levels of menthol can vary depending on those factors. So that is important to keep in mind if you choose to grow some in your yard. So it is generally safe for children um, and pregnant women, just in you know in moderation, just like anything else. Um, and uh, it's you know the the kind that we get in the candy i would just note is not necessarily the real essential oil so just keep that in mind in case you think that you're going to you know dose yourself up on a bunch of candy uh and and uh excuse excuse your indulgence by calling it medicinal so anyway uh, that's really fun and um thank you for listening today uh to the podcast about peppermint. Next week will be cinnamon and that will be the last one for our holiday plant series. So please join me and meet up with me on Facebook at Julie Naturally or on Instagram at successful.unschooler. I look forward to seeing you there. Thank you for listening to my podcast. Show notes for today's broadcast can be found at crunchychristianpodcast.com. Hit the subscribe button now so you can join me next week. Until then, remember all you need is God, people, and growing things. God bless. God bless.